Dear podcast listener, we accept the fact that we have to sacrifice not only our Wednesdays, but our Fridays as well to entertain you. But we think you are crazy to make us do a promo telling you who we think we are. When you listen to our podcast, you think you know who we are, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a dork. I uh, had a basket case, and I'm a princess. And I'm a pothead. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Prime Podcast. Hi, I'm Renee. And I'm Kim. And this is Round Trip. Well, welcome back. Here we it's are. Been a long break. Yes, yet again after a few weeks of real life. <laughs> <laughs> we are back to delight your ears with travel stories and tales from exciting and wonderful friends of ours. Y'all just gonna let me keep going like this? <laughs> just let yes. me ramble on. I'm <laughs> roll. <laughs> It's going to let me ramble on. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're welcome to stop me at any moment. <laughs> so we are excited today to have in studio with us our Travel Squad member, Rebecca. Hello. Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rebecca. You are an awesome person to travel with. We always have a good time and always do fun stuff. And you have some awesome travel experiences that I am very excited that you're going to be sharing those with our listeners today. Yes, thank you for having me. It's going to be a fun conversation, I think. So let's kick this off gangster style. Ooh. <laughs> was not ready for that. <laughs> or, the, or the opposite of that. With our travel questions. We're so not hood. <laughs> I know. I try so hard and it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> oh, well. So, Rebecca. Yes. What has been your favorite travel experience? Well, you know, I've, I've had a lot of favorites, but I would have to say the highlight so far has been scuba diving in Grand Cayman. Nice. I think that has been um, one of the best experiences and probably because I had to really prepare for it. You know, you have to go through all these classes, these hours of practice, and then, you know, I get to the destination and 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 submerged in this beautiful crystal clear blue water with all these awesome fish and so I, I would have to say so far that's been my favorite. Excellent. Now how long have you been scuba certified? I'm a new scuba certified individual. Um I completed the course I think it was last year. So I my my one and only scuba trip has been to the Grand Cayman. I did a lot of hours in a lake, which is really disgusting, and I would not recommend it for anyone. Um, but overall, um, it was worth the experience of being able to get to my destination and just go at it and not have to spend vacation time, you know, doing all the pre-work. Excellent. Excellent. So what has been your least favorite travel experience? So I, I've thought about this, and in all honesty, I, I have not had a least favorite experience. Like, I've been really fortunate that I have never been 
held up at gunpoint or chased down the street or any of those types of experiences people think about when they um, come to a least favorite experience. I have had some very unique and different experiences. And the one I'll share with you is um, I traveled to Bahamas with one of another travel click member. And um, we decided we were going to be cheap because we're balling on a budget. <laughs> and we decided we were going to take the local bus into the city. You know, we, we just didn't want to do the taxi cab thing. We thought we could assimilate into the culture. And so we get on this bus and, you know, we're having a good time. The the bus driver's playing reggae music and everybody is, you know, getting off of work and getting on the bus. And, you know, we're just all relaxing until we come up to a roadblock. And we didn't think anything of it. You know, maybe there's construction. Maybe somebody's broke down on the side of the road. But we get to the roadblock. The driver looks open, opens the door, and two police officers get on the bus, one with a huge machine gun and another with a machete. Now, mind you... <laughs> We don't know what's about to go down. It's never good when a guy death. has a machete. Oh, my gosh. Who, who, yeah, you never bring a knife to a gunfight. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just don't do it. But uh, we learned that um, someone had robbed some tools or something from a nearby construction site, and they were looking for that person. They did pull a couple of guys off of the bus and kind of searched them and um, luckily they weren't the robbers, so <laughs> they were able to get back on the bus and we were kind of waved to go through. But I'll tell you, that was, that was a little bit of a shock. You just, that's not something you'd ever expect. And, oh, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really funny because after <laughs> we get pulled over, the bus driver changes the station from reggae to gospel music <laughs> and <laughs> he cusses them out as he goes by. And, you know, we're all just sitting there praying we make it to the city, you know, with no more events. So, you know, weird, unique experience, experiences, I'll say that uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, live through. That is crazy. I can never, I, I don't know why the machine gun doesn't bother me but the machete does right because you just go to a whole different direction with that right. so there has like, to be like some <laughs> anger behind a machete <laughs> I don't, I there's feel like a that's... process you've got to sharpen right. that sucker right. and oil it down it's and, not just yeah, pick up and shoot <laughs> exactly oh my yeah. god <laughs> pretty shocking yep so let's move on to our next question who is one celebrity you would like to travel with yeah I think this is this is a hard question because um, the celebrity I would choose is married. So I would have to say if he were single, um, it would be Michael Ely. Oh, yeah. And I say that for a couple of reasons, right? Because he's really attractive for one. And he just seems to have this really calm, cool, go with the flow demeanor, right? Mm -hmm. Like. If, you, if you're on a bus and some officers with a machine gun and a machete <laughs> step on it, you know, we're just going to watch it unfold and move on, right? It's, it's He's not, not going to freak out and scream right, and run. Right, right. I don't have to save him. You know, it's just, we're just going to... Calm down, Michael Ely. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, that's the person I would pick. <laughs> that's an excellent pick. He is very handsome. Oh, uh, yeah. So what is one piece of advice you would give to a new traveler? Or a first-time traveler? Um, I think the, the obviously, the, the best advice would be to just don't have any expectations. You know, go with the flow. Because what, what you could imagine will go wrong might. And what you think will go perfect may not. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I would say be careful and careless. 
at the same time. So, you know, have, have the ability to kind of go with the flow of things, but then at the same time, be aware of your surroundings and, you know, just don't be careless. You still want to have some sense of carefulness about you. I think that's excellent advice. Yeah, because we know nothing works as it plan as as you plan. Exactly, exactly. You got to be able to go with the flow mm-hmm. and open to it. And open, yeah. Just know that bus may never come, <laughs> and the machete will still be there. <laughs> and the machete will still be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's one thing that you personally cannot travel without? I can't travel without my iPad. Um, it serves as awesome entertainment on the flight, whether I want to watch a movie, read a book, listen to my music, but it also serves as a backup plan. Should I lose my phone, I still have access to contact people, to call the text, etc. So for me, my one essential, um, is my iPad. And I know you only asked for one, but my second essential <laughs> is an extra extension cord. Okay. And I'll tell you because, you know, things die and in the airport you'll get there and every outlet will be taken. So right. The extension cord's a great opportunity to meet new people, by the way, you know, because oh. then, excuse me, sir, can I share this outlet with you? Pull out the extension cord. Mm-hmm. You can plug into my docking station. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think it's as good an opening line as any. Right? Listen. <laughs> We can plug in at the same time. (laughs) We can go a lot of different directions with this. We should just stop right here. So finally, to wrap up our Travel Squad questions, Mm -hmm. do you believe in aliens? I say why not. I mean, you, you don't know what's out there. You just don't. It's a possibility. I keep hearing there's another Earth. How do we know other people don't live on it? They would be alien to us, right? So... Why not? So if aliens from Earth 2 were to come down to Earth where we live (laughs) and say, Rebecca, we are going to destroy Earth unless you can show us something amazing and wonderful that will touch our tentacles and (laughs) make us want to spare Earth. (laughs) Where would you take the aliens? I would definitely take them to an exotic beach vacation, whether that's the Caribbean, whether that's, you know, a Maldives type of trip or Bali or Thailand. I would just take them somewhere where the water is so blue and clear and the sand is so white that you just can't help but marvel at God's artistry. I think that's what I would do. And while we're there, because I mean, obviously, if they're coming here, that's a that's a pretty long trip, right? So you right. want to relax anyways. That's true. But while we're there, I'm going to have to ask them, listen, were you here before? Because there's some rumors about those pyramids and other things, you know, <laughs> just just tell us where you here before. Let's get some things cleared up while we're on vacation. So you're going to get some answers too. Yeah, we appreciate Absolutely. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Saving yeah. mankind and understanding the wonders of the universe. <laughs> exactly. All we're at one the time. Right. Though. Yeah. Did you take the are you the Mayans? Like we just we just have lots of questions. <laughs> so that concludes our travel squad questions. Thank you so much for participating. You're welcome. Hey. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Excellent. So now let's get on with the show. 
Hi guys, Cooper here from the Unquote Podcast. Unquote delves into what makes movie quotes so, well, quotable. See, I have a guest each week watch a movie selected from the American Film Institute's Top 100 Movie Quotes list, and then we sit down and ponder cultural impingement and cinematic preponderance and... Okay, you got me. My thesaurus was totally open. A little factual and a lot of fun, it's the least contentious peanut gallery in history. Unquote is part of the Rogue Intel Network, and you can find me on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter. So, Rebecca, considering that you are our official travel squad solo travel expert, that's what I've named you now, um, how do you decide on a solo destination? Like, what, when you're thinking about traveling and you're going through this whole process, how do you, like, sit down and say, okay, this is where I'm going to go, and I'm going to go here by myself, and I don't care? So you know me well enough to know, to know that um, I don't plan anything. And so I would not give that advice to other people. What I typically will do is (laughs) I'll get this desire to have to go somewhere and I will just search for the cheapest flight in all honesty. And Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, that's where I end up going. (laughs) And, um, you know, I get there and I figure it out as I go. I I think um, one of the things I've come to learn is for me, because I'm not a planner, it's better not to plan. Um, I kind of get to my destination. And at that point, I kind of have an idea of some of the things that I want to do. Um, but I figure it out once I once I get there. What was the most recent destination that you visited solo? Denver was the was my last solo trip. I did go for work. So it was not something that I actually planned as a personal trip. But while I was there, I had an opportunity to explore the city a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of drive around and see what was happening and, and engage with the locals. You know, one of the things that I like to do sometimes is, you know, look on TripAdvisor to see, you know, what businesses people rate highly. And then I attempt to uh, visit them, mm-hmm. <laughs> see what all the hype is about. So I would say that was my last trip. And that was earlier this year. Um, my last international trip was my trip to um, Grand Cayman. And the whole purpose of that trip was, um, scuba diving. Although I did a lot of really other great things and was able to integrate with the culture, um, my intention was to get in the water and spend as much time as possible there. And did you pick Grand Cayman because it's a highly rated scuba diving site? I did. Okay. Yes. Yep. And too, because I had snorkeled in other places. Not that snorkeling is the same thing. I don't want to compare it. It's definitely not apples to apples. Um, But I wanted something new, right? I wanted to have an opportunity to have this new in the water experience and, um, and also go to a destination I had not yet visited. So that was in part my uh, decisioning for that location. And so I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but are you a strong swimmer? I am. And so do you feel that's necessary to be a good scuba diver Um, or to scuba dive successfully? I'm going to say no. I mean, obviously you do want to know how to swim, right? But you have gear on you that is almost um, like a life vest when you're at the surface. You put air on it and you float. So as long as you kick your feet, you're going to be okay. Right. Um, my only caveat is, yes, you do want to have some swimming abil- ability, and that is, for instance, if something should happen to your vest, which, in all honesty, I've never heard of that happening. These things are 
adorable beyond belief. Like uh, you would almost have to take a knife to slice it up for right. something to happen to it. So it's good to have some swimming skills, um, but I don't feel that it's important that you're a strong swimmer. So outside of um, destinations, when you're you're selecting your trip, um, is it important that it's a English speaking destination versus a non English speaking destination, or do you just not care if you're going to a particular place by yourself? For me. Honestly, I know this probably sounds really crazy, but I prefer non-English, right? Because it's so far from my everyday experience. Um, and for example, um, was it last year I took my daughter to Brazil and we don't speak Portuguese. I don't even think Portuguese is anywhere near similar to even Spanish, which I don't speak, but I could fumble through it if I needed to. Um, so for me, it's, it doesn't matter. And, I, and the reason why I say that is because no matter what destination you end up in, someone speaks English. And if they don't, if you don't happen to run into anyone that speaks English, you can almost always figure it out. I mean, winking, smiling, nodding, pointing works wonders. <laughs> so, <laughs> Nope, nope to self. Yeah. <laughs> now, do yeah. I do them all at once? <laughs> No, no, plan it out a little bit. We don't want folks to be like, oh, run the other direction. <laughs> Split up your winks and nods, in other words. Exactly. Point. Split them up. <laughs> yeah, winks and nods work good for thank you, you know. Pointing is good for directions. You gotta, you know, it's like sign language almost. <laughs> now, have you done any backpacking or hiking or anything like that solo? Well, not, not outside of the U.S., but in the U.S., yes, I've done hiking solo. Um, actually, Arizona's, you know, one of the greatest states for urban hiking. And I'll admit, I have hit the trails early a.m. by myself with nothing but my cell phone in water. So um, I, I have done that in the U.S. And also, um, not even just in Phoenix, but I've done a little bit up north in Sedona and Flagstaff area as well. Now, when one is hiking alone, what are some things that they need to I guess take like do you need bear spray in Arizona I don't know but do you have like pepper spray do you have a gun how do you protect <laughs> yourself from being ravaged by jackrabbits or coyote do you, do you yeah. bring your 45 or do you bring your bear spray <laughs> do, do you sharpen your machete the morning before or <laughs> at what point right, right, right. and do you have like a little a little bucket for it <laughs> Or something on your belt? Like, how do you whip out the machete when it's a little, a little hook Listen, for your machete? Right, a machete hook. Like I'm a purse running hook. around. I'm running around like Michonne, okay? Oh, for that, okay. that, what do you need? A samurai sword. Understood. Okay? So, no. Um, you know what's what's uh, what's really probably not the smartest thing is when I hike, I literally just have a small backpack, my cell phone, my earplugs, and water. Lots of water. Um, is that the safest? No, that's probably a careless routine because <clears throat> I have stumbled across coyotes in the distance, right? So I'm smart enough to know I need to turn around and go a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in retrospect, you know, I think about, oh my gosh, what if some crazy person runs up on me? I'm probably already tired from, you know, exerting all of this energy, getting up to the mountain or whatever it is that I'm doing. How am I going to protect myself? So, um, I probably should have like a little walking stick or something. Um, but that has just come to me recently. Up until now, I have not had any type of 
protectant type of, you know, routines other than water. I think the great thing is usually um, I, I pass really awesome people, you know, so even though I'm by myself, um, I I try not to play my music so loud that I can't hear what's around me. And I keep mindful of, okay, how long ago did I see someone, you know, should I be concerned and turn back because now I'm really out here by myself Um, or, you know, how am I feeling about the way the morning is going? Right. Because there was one time I I was hiking and um, it was closer to the evening. Um, And some guy who you know, you get the kind of the hair on your arms and your neck kind of Mm -hmm. stand up and you're just like, Oh, I'm not really sure about this. He was, he was hiking up, but he he was behind me, but he almost looked like he was not supposed to be there. I I can't really explain it to you. I thought maybe he lives on the mountain or maybe he's planning to sleep up here. I'm not really sure, but I turned around and I saw him and immediately I was kind of on guard. And so I decided to turn around and go back down the hill um, because I wasn't passing very many people and I just didn't have a good feeling about him. So again, that whole being, you know, mindful of what's going on around you and, and just being in tune to your, your intuition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we know who's getting pepper spray for Christmas. <laughs> right. I, mean, you. I can, Yeah. Yeah. You know, what made me think I should have something because the last time I went hiking, I was coming um, down the mountain and I have, I mean, I ran into like lizards and, snakes and or not snakes but spiders you know just kind of little creepy crawlies that don't really bother you they scurry away but this last time I actually ran into a snake and I don't know what kind of snake it was but it scared the life out of me and I thought oh my gosh I have nothing I don't even have hiking boots on so if it was to Mm -hmm. strike me it would actually get me Mm -hmm. so that was my last experience and I thought you know you you might want to think about something (laughs) that it right there is where that machete would have come in handy (laughs) like right there (laughs) oh my gosh I was like you know I'm gonna have to rethink this strategy (laughs) have you ever cruised solo I have never cruised ever at all. And um, yeah, I've, you know, I've thought about it and I've had a lot of conversations about it. And here's my thing, right? I really enjoy assimilating into the culture, right? So wherever I'm going, I want to meet the people and make friends and, you know, eat at someone's house possibly. And you know what I mean? Like I really want to um, be able to connect to the people. My whole thing is, oh, the connection. Right. So when I think about cruising, there's two things. What happens if I get to the destination and I don't want to leave, right? You know, there's, there's these times where you have to get off and get back on. So for me, that is a little bit of a deterrent for cruising. So if I were to cruise, thinking about that idea, I would have to preset my mind to know that you're on the cruise for the cruise experience not for the culture of the destinations where you're porting, okay? Then my other thing is, which you guys are probably going to totally laugh at this, but it's a valid (laughs) thought in my mind. What if I get a stalker on the cruise? Like, where am I going to hide? It's a boat. Where would I go? Like, they could follow me and know where I'm sleeping. That's pretty random. (laughs) Because, first of all, half the the people on the cruise are, like, 60. So, (laughs) he may be an old man, but he couldn't run real fast. (laughs) So, it may not be a problem. I'm going to tell you, when I was in Miami one time, I met a group of guys. There was probably, like, six of them. 
and they were not 50 and they were gorgeous and they had done a cruise. Now, if they were stalking me, you know, it probably would be okay. Maybe, right. you know, I would be all right with it, but not all of the people on these cruises are 50. And there has to be some crazy folks on the cruise. I just, I, mean, I just can't imagine they don't yeah, exist out there. Yeah, probably. There's a possibility. Yeah. But, but not I, a, I know it's not a real world valid concern. That's why I said it's in my mind. No, if it if it's a concern to you, then it's valid. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've never random, about it, but, but valid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now it's in my head. Thanks, Rebecca. Now I'm going to worry about it next time I go on a cruise. Great. Are you, like, is he watching me? You know oh what, God. Captain? I'm going to need you to stop side-eyeing me, okay? Right. Focus on the boat. Enough of that. Yeah. We won't have that today. Yeah. With that um, said, I haven't given up the, the idea of ever doing it. I'm, I am open, but again, I would have to really um, set my mind to the point where I know that the boat is going to stop, I'm going to get off, and I have to get back on. <laughs> well, so here are a couple of things. Mm -hmm. An international cruise might be a better bet for you. And when I say that, I mean like one that starts in Barcelona and goes to France, you know, one that where the majority of people on the boat are not English speaking or, you know, uh, locals, the people on the boat sometimes that's its own cultural experience. Like yeah. I guarantee yeah. like the people watching on cruises is almost like people watching in the airport. It's okay. just amazing. The people that you see and it's like, where do these people live normally? Like, I don't even know where they come from. But they're amazing, and I just want to watch them. And I want to watch their week unfold as my week unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> and just chronicle their little lives. And so that, that will, I think, would fulfill your need for the cultural experience. Okay. And, then, and you get to assimilate because a lot of times on cruises, you're not sitting with the people that you know. So at dinner time or other times, you're interacting with all these different groups of people that normally you probably would not have. Right. And then we were on a cruise once and there was a lady who was traveling by herself and she sat with us one day for dinner and never sat with us again. We never saw her again at dinner, but we would see her at other points in the cruise and we'd always be like, Hey, how are you? How are things? Like we kind of just, you know, we knew she was by herself. And then like one day we saw her and then we didn't see her anymore. And we we're like, I hope she's okay. <laughs> you know? So we kind of no idea what her name was or what she was doing, but we kind of had a sense of ownership of her. Because we knew she was by herself, so we kind of wanted to keep an eye on her and make sure she was, you know, doing all right. But she seemed to have a wonderful time, and she wasn't looking for us. She was having a good time. <laughs> she was enjoying herself. Because that's one thing I think I could do by myself is to is take a cruise. And, I think that I think. And your you door has a lock. Right. Your door Listen, does have I'll a be lock. Like, I need to check this room every time I step in here. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But yeah, you bring up some really um, good points. I, I have heard, you know, I had other people tell me that, you know, the experience on the cruise itself is a cultural experience. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, again, if, if I wrap my mind around it being the cruise is the experience and not so much of where I'm stopping, right, right? where I'm actually getting off, then um, I could probably wrap my mind around, it's going to be a great thing. Right. Um, so I haven't completely given it up and it sounds like we probably need to do a travel squad click cruise. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. And then a, a lot of times cruise locations could be a precursor to where you want to go. Like for real, like, like 
yeah. you know, you stop to a location and you're like, oh, this is really nice. I would definitely fly back here and hang out. Or you would go to a location and say, okay, this totally sucked. I would never come back here again. So it kind of gives yeah. you an idea of where you really want to go if you right. want to fly directly or where you don't. It's like this, it's like mini vacations and then you can decide. It's a sample platter. You go. It is. <laughs> a sample, an introduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Because yep. so many islands, like we've, we've pretty much been through most of the Caribbean mm-hmm. and a lot of them just kind of fall into the same bucket, kind of look alike. It's just kind of like the same thing over and over again. Some of them are amazing. Mm-hmm. Some of them are horrible. Right. Like I would never want to yeah. go back there. But when you're on a cruise, you don't even have to get off the boat. Like mm-hmm. the last cruise we went on with Royal Caribbean, we, we, did not we get didn't get off, off the boat that much. Yeah. I think it was maybe the Bahamas or something. And we were like, this was boat has so much cool stuff. We're going to spend the day here doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and after seven, seven, it was seven or eight days, we still didn't get to everything on the boat. Because yeah. it has so much going on, so many yep. shows and so many cool things to eat <laughs> and just neat yeah. things to do. And I don't even think we made all of them. So yeah. that was, I great. think we have, we have our next trip idea done yep. and done. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing about cruises is that they can get pretty expensive, especially for the newer ships and the be- better destinations. So let's talk a little bit about affordability when you're traveling by yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you pop bottles when you when you travel no, solo? No, I, I really don't. Um, because because solo travel is and can be more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that you can't have fun. It's just that again, you have to be careful and careless, mm-hmm. and you have to you know kind of think about how it impacts your your dollars. What I will share with you though is usually when I travel solo, it really is more of an opportunity to connect with the local people. So I'll share with you when I went to Grand Cayman, just for example, um, I ate at different restaurants and because I was solo, I had an opportunity to kind of talk to the bartenders and the people around me. Some were also locals, some were visiting. And I had really unique experiences because just in having conversation and not having a group of other people around to kind of, you know, interject and input and make it a group thing, I got really customized experiences. Um, I had um, the, the bartender talked to the chef, and I had a unique dinner meal experience that was not even on the menu. Nice. Just to give you an example, mm-hmm. right? So they, they're more willing to, when, when you're solo and you have that connection with people, they're more willing to want to, exper- to share their, their culture with you um, and give you maybe something a little bit more than what a tourist group mm-hmm. would get. Right. Um, also, when I, I was um, in Jamaica as a solo travelist, for a while. And, um, I, I've been there a couple of times, so I've kind of gotten to know people that I see routinely when I go back, mm-hmm. you know, they're always kind of in the same place. It's, Hey, and they, they seem to remember me. So, you know, it's just a, Hey, how are you? But the last time I was there, um, one of the guys, um, took his cousin owned a bar that was kind of up in the mountainside it was the cousin and the wife and they were having just like a family get together at the bar. It was like a Sunday night or something to that effect. Not, not, not a busy, you know, where it's going to be crowded with a lot of people. And it was, it was the, 
the most unique experience because the wife had all her girlfriends, right? And then the guys were kind of together mm -hmm. and the girls were over here talking and the guys were over there talking. And her husband made me the most amazing meal I ever had in Jamaica. Wow. And um, fish fresh out the sea, put on this homemade wood burning something, mm -hmm. barbecue pit <laughs> something. I don't even know what it was, but, you know, just, just the generosity of... Um, you're here and you're alone, so we want to take care of you, right? So you get that that totally different experience. And to this day, you know, when I hear from them, I'm like, oh my gosh, how's the wife? Because I can't ever remember her name. But <laughs> <laughs> if I ever go back, like I would love to reconnect with them and, you know, just, just to continue to have that experience. And the same at the resorts, like even though it was a resort, somewhat because I think I shared with you guys the resort I stay with which is really a mom and pops place and all the locals hang out there but even there like instead of getting just the regular meal that's on the menu that's put together for the tourists just having conversations with people you know I they they want to they want to cook for you and show you something different and take you around like right. you know it's just it's just a different experience when you're solo right I think great so I don't know. I think that was a long-winded answer to do you spend money or pop bottles, but I guess the answer I'm trying to say in the short is no, I don't. <laughs> but I still have pop bottle experiences, right? I still get the VIP treatment. Right. So, so, um, so speaking of popping bottles and budget and solo travel, and when you're in a location, what is the determining factor about where you want to where you want to stay? I know you like to kind of be amongst the locals. Are you doing more Airbnb like apartments? Are you doing hotels or like bed and breakfasts or hostels? Like how do you make that decision when you decide that you're going to go to a certain location? For me, it's the destination. So, for okay. example, when I when I took my daughter to Brazil, although that was not solo, it felt solo because I, I was responsible for another person that's not really a traveler, right? So I had to mm -hmm. be responsible for all of the decisions and what are we going to do and what, you know what I mean? So it felt solo. Um, in Brazil, I chose to do like a five-star resort because I'm like, this is Brazil. I want to be in a place where people not only speak English if I need them to, but I have some type of security and protection, right? Right. Um, so it... It really depends. Um, I spent a couple of days solo in Curacao and there I did an Airbnb because I felt like it's a small island. It's a little bit more of a different culture. You know, it's mm -hmm. in a it's in a poppin busy place. Right. So it's not um, an apartment that I can't get to anywhere without some type of transportation. Right. I could walk right. outside the apartment and walk down the street and I'm where I want to be. So it really just depends on the location. However, I've never stayed at a hostel, although I am open to it. Um, I heard that that is one of the best experiences for solo travelers because they have an opportunity to meet other solo travelers or even smaller groups. So they have, you know, an opportunity to kind of connect with others. You know, I kind of feel like, and this might just be my own prejudices, that if I stayed at, the, at a hostel, I'd be like the old lady at the hostel. Like everyone else would be maybe, you know, 20. college age. <laughs> um, there wouldn't be any, you know, real adults, I guess, there. Well, and that would be kind any, of awkward. Not anymore. 
Um, I'll tell you, um, I have a couple of stories about hostels. In Curacao, um, I met a girl from Germany, and she was staying at a hostel, which was not too far from our Airbnb. And actually, a hostel she was staying at used to be an ice cream factory, hmm. and they converted it to a, a hostel. What was so awesome about this place, because she gave me the full tour, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I could come stay here, was... There were a couple of things. They kept some of the original authentic ice cream factory hmm. rooms or display. There was like certain things where you could totally tell they designed around mm -hmm. factory stuff, if you will. So it had a really unique, eclectic look. Mm -hmm. um, with the hostel, with this one in particular, you could do a single room where you have your own room mm -hmm. or you could do a room of sharing two beds or four beds. Um, showers were lined up. They all had doors with locks. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like you were in a community shower space. Mm -hmm. um, they had a pool with a movie theater screen. So they would have movie nights. They had a room dedicated just for little kids with toys and everything. And what I can tell you when I went here is there were people of all ages. There were young people, there were people in their 50s, there were married couples, there were single people, there were people with their kids. It was just a community of every range you could think of, um, which I thought was really awesome. And the, the um, girl from Germany, she actually runs a hostel in Germany. And she invited you know, us to come, me and another travel quick travel click squad member um, to come out and to stay at the hostel. And so she gave us the information and I looked at it and I'm telling you, this hostel looked like it was a five-star hotel. Wow. Oh, wow. And what part yeah, of Germany? And, um, I want to say Belgium. She's in Belgium. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I asked her about it, you know, like, Oh, what kind of people is this just a bunch? Is this a frat house? And she was like, no, we get everybody. <laughs> right. She said, we get families. We have family rooms. We have rooms for people with little kids. She said, we have single rooms. If you don't want to share a room, she's like, we have a little bit of everything. And so that caused me to do a little bit more research on hostels and they are not what they used to be. Wow. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Many of them, you can get your own room and bathroom. So yeah, it's just like a hotel room. Yeah. Right. So I think yeah. it's pretty exciting. And I think with that type of layout, that would be for me, right? Because definitely I don't want to be in a 20 room dorm room with, you know, 20 other people. Um, but I like the idea of being able to connect with other travel travelers and potentially joining them on some tours and what have you. And what was so great, so I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit more information. The girl we met from Germany really had that down because she was traveling solo. And she connected with us. We just kind of met her on the street. We were all lost at the same time. And she hung out like two days with us and did all the tourist stuff that we were doing. So we had an extra person and, you know, it's pretty cool. So I think there, when you travel solo, you, you definitely have opportunities to not only meet new people from abroad or from wherever they're traveling from, but also the local people. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, have to put hostels back on a list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some pretty, oh my gosh, there's some really amazing hostels out there. Yeah. Cool. Um, so speaking of, you mentioned earlier that you had someone that traveled with you and you guys did some of the touristy activities while you were um, on your trip. How do you consider, you know, activities when you are traveling solo? You know, a lot of things are kind of catered around groups and large groups. If you go to 
you know, certain countries or certain cities and where, where they do have those uh, tourist setups. Um, so how do you know I'm going to do this by myself or I'm going to go join this larger group and kind of participate in whatever activities they have going on? For me, it's just a feel. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, in Brazil, I did a, I did a couple of tours with groups, but what was so crazy is it was the off season, so it was just me and my daughter. <laughs> so there were no other people on the tour, but you oh. know, we, we tried it. <laughs> um, in, in Curacao, uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff by myself, especially when I was mm-hmm. there by myself. I had actually got a rental car, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go do this and do that, and you know, get a map of what the opportunities are and figure it out. Um, in um, Grand Cayman. Um, I didn't do any official tours. I just got on the city bus and went to the destinations where I wanted to go. So for me, I think it just depends on where I am and how comfortable I feel um, about interacting as a solo person versus, okay, I really probably should join a group. Okay. That's that whole intuition and being careful thing, right? Right. Makes sense. (laughs) Makes sense. To wrap up this traveling solo segment, Can you tell us a little bit about staying connected and staying safe when you travel? Yeah, as I mentioned, I I always I I keep my iPad um, as a source, a backup source for communication. Um, You know, if I'm in a destination where I'm a little concerned about if I leave it and come back, will it be there? I'll lock it up, (laughs) honestly. Um, but I do stay connected. Um, I try to continually either, whether it's on Facebook, make, make posts and also, um, text my family. I always, because I'm with AT&T, I always purchase the international texting data plan. So that way I can check in daily. Um, and typically I will tell someone, um, you know, I'm going to do this today. And if it's with a company, this is the company I'm going with just so that people have an idea, because as I mentioned before, I'm not a planner. So before I leave, I may not have that level of detail. So when I get to my destination and as I'm deciding on the things that I want to do, I make sure that I, that someone knows where I am, where I'm going, when I should be back, you know, who I'm hanging with, whatever the case may be, because I think it's just wise to make sure that someone has expectations of your coming and going. Our next segment is our carry on segment where we discuss our travel tips, advice or items that we either love or want to have for our next travel excursion or we think you might be interested in getting for your next uh, travel experience. So my carry on suggestion for uh, this week would be the check out ebags.com. Apparently ebags has an app too. I didn't know that until I went on the other day, Um, but what they're offering uh, what they call their steals of the day. So it's about 500 items that they have on sale, ranging up to 70% off. And they will show you the steal for the day. It's up, up posted on their website for 24 hours. And there's a list of like a whole bunch of stuff. So they have it luggage, which is that really light luggage that's kind of fluffy and supposedly it's like extra light and you can take it anywhere. Um, they have a couple of Del City bags, uh, travel club, items that are on sale right now. So if you get a chance, check it out. Apparently this may be like a real regular thing uh, that they have on eBags. They have some really nice stuff too. There's an It Luggage set that's a canvas. It's a three-piece set that is really, really cute. So it's 89 bucks. 
So check out ebags.com for the steal of the day. How about you, Rebecca? Do you have a carry-on item you'd like to share? I know you love your extension cords, but maybe give us an idea of like price and style and types of extension cords we should purchase. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm balling on a budget. So I think my extension cord is like three feet. I got it from Walgreens. I think it was like $6. And it's it, it fits perfect into um, the top zipper of my, my uh, carry-on bag. Um, I think another thing that I that I always bring with me um, is a is a really light scarf because on the plane the air is so dry um, it's easy to kind of just you know wrap your nose and mouth area to um, give you a little bit of protection. So for me that's a must have. I think those are my two well and my iPad my three staple must have items in my carry on bag. Okay, and so my carry on item for this week isn't really an item. It is podcast. When you are traveling, download some podcast, give yourself something to listen to. Maybe you haven't upgraded your flight for the free movies and you don't get the, you don't want to pay for that on the plane. And podcasts are a great way to kill some time while you're sitting on a long flight. A couple of podcasts that I recommend, well, first would be the round trip podcast. What do you know? <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Other great podcasts include Unquote, The Prime Podcast, Now That I'm Older, and The Powerful Nerdcast. Now you say, what do all these podcasts have in common? They're all a part of Rogue Intel, along with the Roundtrip Podcast. But all of them are great. All of them have a little different, different topics and different focus, but all very interesting and all very well done. And downloading a couple of those would be a great way to entertain yourself during a long flight. Yep. Agreed. I do that all the time. I did that in our last flight when I was out of town last week. Mm-hmm. Download a podcast. That's a good idea. And I'm, so, and I'm so glad now that the planes are starting to have more like power where you can actually plug in your, your phone or your, your laptops or whatever into the, onto the USB connections. I'm glad a lot of more airlines are getting hip to understand that we need to be connected. And then if you have an extension cord, you can share it with others. You can share That's it with others. Right. That's right. Make new friends and exactly. make and be a careful and careless solo traveler. Like <laughs> careful our <laughs> travel squad member, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes full circle. That's or round trip. Right. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Rebecca. We really appreciate you. Thanks, Rebecca. Joining us today. This was very informative and very awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk travel. So, Indeed, indeed. Well, that's it. Um, for this episode of Round Trip, you could find us on Twitter and Facebooks and all the other intranets at Round Trip Pod. Uh, feel free to check us out on iTunes or RogueIntel.com and send us, send us a tweet or hit us up on Facebook and say hello. It's been a minute. Tweet me. All right. Until next time, talk to you guys later. Bye.